0: Appendix Two of *The Poverty of Philosophy* by Karl Marx, translated by Harry Quelch. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Traven Leroy, Ottawa, Canada. Appendix Two, footnote. Extract from Marx's work *Zur Kritik der Politischen Ökonomie*, Berlin, eighteen fifty-nine, pages sixty-one to sixty-four, and a footnote. The theory of labor time as the unity of direct measure of money was developed in a systematic manner for the first time by John Gray. Footnote John Gray, The Social System, etc. Treaties on the Principle of Exchange, Edinburgh, 1831, composed by the same author, Lectures on the Nature and Use of Money, Edinburgh, 1848, After the Revolution of February, Gray sent to the provisional government a memorial in which he informed them that it was not the organization of labor which France needed, but an organization of exchange, a completely elaborated plan, of which was to be found in the system of money which he had discovered. The worthy John never imagined that sixteen years later, after the publication of his social system, a patent would be taken out for the same discovery by Proudhon, that genius so fertile in invention. And a, footnote. a central national bank, by the aid of its branches, would certify the time employed in the production of different commodities. In exchange for his commodity, the producer would receive an official certificate of its value. That is to say, a receipt for the labour time contained in his commodity. Footnote. Gray. The Social System, etc. Page 63. Quote, Money should be merely a receipt an evidence that the holder of it has either contributed certain value to the national stock of wealth, or that he has acquired a right to the same value from someone who has contributed to it. End quote. End footnote. And these notes of a week of labor, a day of labor, an hour of labor, would represent the equivalent which the holder could receive of any other commodities which were in the stores of the bank. Footnote. Quote. An estimated value being previously put upon produce, let it be lodged in a bank and drawn out again whenever it is required. Merely stipulating by common consent that he who lodges any kind of property in the proposed national bank may take out of it an equal value of whatever it may contain, instead of being obliged to draw out the self same thing that he put in. Ibd. Page sixty eight. And a footnote: that is the fundamental principle which he has carefully assumed, developed in all its details, based upon existing English institutions. With this system, says Gray, quote, it would be as easy to sell for money as it is now to buy with money. Production would be the uniform and inexhaustible source of the demand, end quote. Ibd, page 16. The precious metals would lose the privilege which they have over the other commodities, and, quote, would take the place which belongs to them on the market side by side with butter, eggs, cloth, and calico, and their value would interest us no more than that of diamonds End quote. footnote gray lectures on money, etc page one eighty ought we to retain our artificial measure of value, gold, and fetter thus the productive forces of the country, or ought we not rather to make use of the natural measure of value, labour? and liberate the productive forces? ibd. page 169. Since labor time is the actual measure of value, why, by the side of it, should there be another, extrinsic value? Why should exchange value be transformed into price? Why do all commodities estimate their value in a single commodity, money, which thus becomes equal to the value of exchange? That was the problem which Gray had to solve. Instead of solving it, he imagines that commodities can assort themselves, in direct relation with each other, as the products of social labor. But they cannot assort themselves in relation to each other otherwise than as they are. Commodities are the immediate products of individual labors, independent and isolated, which can express themselves as general social labor only by changing themselves in the process of individual exchange. Labor, in the production of commodities, only becomes social labor by losing its character of individual labor. In representing the labor time contained in commodities as labor time directly social, Gray represents it as collective labor, or as the labor time of individuals directly associated. In such conditions, as a matter of fact, a specific commodity such as gold or silver could not be for the other commodities the incarnation of labor in general. Value in exchange would not become price, but neither would use-value become value in exchange. The product would not become a commodity, and thus would disappear the basis upon which bourgeois production rests. But that is not the idea of Gray. The products must be produced as commodities, but they must not be exchanged as commodities. Gray confides to a national bank the execution of this pious desire. On one side society, by the intermediary of the national bank, renders the individuals independent of the conditions of individual exchange, and on the other side, it leaves them to continue to produce on the basis of individual exchange. Logic compels Gray to successively deny all the conditions of bourgeois production, although he desires merely to reform money, the consequence of the exchange of commodities. He transforms capital into national capital. Footnote. The business of every country ought to be conducted on a national capital. John Gray, The Social System, page 71. Property in land into national land. Footnote. The land to be transformed into national property. Ibd, page 298. End a footnote. And when we look more closely into it, we see that he does not receive in one hand the commodities and deliver with the other certificates for labor received but that he regulates production itself. In his last work, Lectures on Money, in which Gray sets himself to present his labor money as a purely bourgeois reform, he loses himself in still more transparent absurdities. Every commodity is money, that is Gray's theory, and this is the result of his incomplete and therefore mistaken analysis of commodities. The organic construction of labor money and the national bank and the stores of commodities is only a dream in which we are enabled to get a glimpse of the dogma as a universal law the dogma that a commodity is money or that the labour of an individual contained in it is social labour does not become a truth simply because a bank believes in it and acts upon it failure in this case plays the part of practical criticism what gray has not said and what he has not imagined that is to say, that labour money is an alluring economic phrase for those who have a pious desire to dispense with the use of money, with the value of exchange of commodities, with the commodities of bourgeois society, has been loudly proclaimed by the English socialists, who have written before and since himself. Footnote. For instance, B. W. Thompson's An Inquiry into the Distribution of Wealth, etc., London, 1827. Bray. Labour's Wrongs and Labour's Remedy. Leeds, 1839. But it was reserved for Proudhon and his school to seriously proclaim the degradation of money and the exaltation of commodities as the principle of socialism, and therefore to reduce socialism to an elementary misconception of the necessary dependence which exists between commodity and money. Footnote. As a compendium of his Melodramatic Theory of Money, May be cited the work of Mr. Alfred Derimont, De la Reforme des Banques, Paris, 1856. End of appendix two, recording by Traven Leroy, Ottawa, Canada.